Welcome to What Leaders Need Now. I'm Andrea Chilcote. My special guest today is my longtime friend and colleague, Carol Horner. I'm going to read her bio. Carol is the founder and president of Synchronicity, Inc. She works with companies and organizations that want their employees, teams, and leaders to be in sync and make an impact. Carol affects positive and productive changes in people's attitudes, behaviors, and relationships to create a direct connection between the organization's vision and strategies and the day-to-day -day activities of its people. She integrates diversity, equity, and belonging into all of her consulting and talent development work. Carol is an Everything DISC and Five Behaviors certified and authorized partner, and she is the author of Spiral of Accountability Model, and upcoming book. Carol, I love that you're here with us today. I'm so excited, Andrea. Every time I get to have a conversation with you, I, I walk away a better human, I think. And I do as well. And I'm so excited we're getting to talk about these assessments today. Yeah. Everyone has taken assessments before personality assessments, health assessments, intelligence tests, employee opinion surveys, um, even those assessments we take on Instagram and Facebook. People love assessments. Why do you think that's so? Well, you know, they tell a story and the main character in the story is really super interesting. And that is because the main character is us. And I think you uh, you have an often, you oftentimes say, uh, what is it? Um, People cannot resist their own criteria. Yeah. Well, today I want to talk about a group of assessments in particular, the Everything DISC group of assessments, and in particular, the Agile EQ assessment. And you're the person many years ago that made me a fan and a believer of these particular assessments. And I would say you pretty much taught me everything I know about it. And now we, um, Morningstar Ventures, my company, and I have been licensed distributors of Everything Disc for several years. Mm -hmm. um, now, like most executive coaches, I am certified in a variety of assessments and use a variety of assessments with my clients. I think you know that I've used Berkman for many, many years. Yeah, uh, you for used my it with me. Clients. Yes, yes, yes. And it was helpful, right? It was. It was very helpful. Very insightful. And, yeah. So, you know, an instrument like that, I, I think, and I will always use for coaching um, because it is in-depth. It has, it does a full range of um, personality. It's a full personality assessment. Um, and it's useful in a, in a coaching engagement. Um, but a DISC assessment is so much more practical and user-friendly for teams and individuals. And the reason is because it focuses on two personality dimensions most relevant in the workplace. Can you explain that um, and how that works? Can you explain those two dimensions uh, for us? Sure. So you just picture, you know, a, a T-frame, right? You know, a north and south axis and an east and west axis. And the north-south axis in DISC is really about boldness and pace, right? So people on the north side of the axis are going to be, be fast-paced, risk-taking, bold, action-oriented, move it. You know, let's go. Let's make something happen. 
people on the bottom part of that axis is going to be far more methodical, far more careful, work within the con confinements of, of, of what is given to them uh, and, and move at a pace that, that's far more easy, right, and moderate and careful. Uh, the east-west axis is really about favorability and focus. And so the when you look at the east side of the axis, which is going to be your I's and your S's, uh, they are focused on people. And, uh, and, and so they're far more agreeable, accommodating, optimistic, and such. You look at, at the west side of the axis, and that is your, your D's and C's, and they're a bit more skeptical, right? A lot more questioning because they're focusing on logic. Uh, and they see challenges that need to be overcome. And where we land on those two continua, if you will, uh, is kind of where our dot ends up in the DISC model. Right. And so in the graphic that those of you who are seeing us uh, visually, that north-south axis that you're talking about is labeled at the top active, and it's labeled at the bottom reflective. And that east-west active, axis is labeled on the east side as accepting, as you pointed out, and skeptical on the west side. So there's an exercise that sometimes we do in workshops, Carol, you've done it, I've done it many, many times, we call it mind reading. And I thought it might be fun to have uh, the people who are uh, watching and listening to this podcast do it now. So if you want to, those of you who are listening to us, Think about someone you know really, really well. It could be a significant other, a spouse, a sibling, uh, someone you work with closely. And think about these two axes that Carol described. The one that goes east and west, uh, or you started with north and south. So let's start with north and south. You wanna describe that again for them? Sure. So it's it's about pace. So active pace, fast paced to the north, more reflective, like like the word said, and and moderately paced uh, in the south. Okay. So would you plot that person higher than midpoint or below the midpoint? So just give them in your mind's eye an imaginary plot them on that on that axis in your mind's eye. And then consider and give them another description of the east-west axis, Carol. So the east side, uh, focusing on people, warm, accepting. Uh, on the west side, focusing on logic, far more skeptical and challenging. Okay, so then give them either a, a west of center or an east of center. And then by, by plotting that point, you would find them either in the D, I, S, or C, section of the disc. And what would your guess be, Carol? Would they be pretty accurate in determining if that they, they know that person pretty well, would they be pretty accurate in determining what disc style that person would would have? Yeah, I think they I think they would be in the ballpark, if you will. Uh, you know, the assessment adds in um, far more nuance and uh, and realizing too that, you know, because the disc is only measuring two aspects of your personality, right? And really focusing a lot on things like your preferences and your your where your energy comes from and your priorities and such. Uh, it's not measuring the depth of all you are. And so it's not the end all be all of who you are, but it's this great jumping off point 
for relationships. It's a great jumping off point for communication. You know, so it, what I found in a lot of assessments, Andrea, as I was searching for which one was going to be the one that, that I used, right? And I landed on everything DISC because of two things. One, it's simple without being simplistic, right? It's, it's, it's research-based. It's got a, a solid background. And but yet it, it's easy to onboard and quick to understand and use because it's just measuring a couple of things. But the second most important thing to me was its relationship focus, right? So it's not just, hey, I'm a high ID, deal with it. It's I'm a high ID, I understand me, I know my impact on you because you're different than me. And I know how to adapt and, and create win-win so that I better serve you and you better serve me in our communication and in our work together. And so to me, that's that's the real um, secret sauce, if you will, of, of everything DISC in my opinion. Beautiful. And and you you're touching on this in what you're saying, but I want to get I want to get your what what your response would be on this. Why those two dimensions? Why are those the two dimensions that that everything disc would choose of all the personality aspects that say a Berkman or a Hogan or something like that measures? So there's there's the the real development reason as to how it came to be, and that was the original work that Marston did. Uh, studying normal, if you will, uh, back in the 1920s. And so the DISC theory is his. Marston was one of those people that didn't believe in copyright and, and in owning intellectual property. And so he gave it freely. And so it was able then to be taken by others and developed further and further and further. And so that's really its origination. But really when it comes down to it, when you think about even behaviorally, how we are at work, our pace is a big part of, of how, you know, when, when you and I talk about building rapport, right? Pace is one of those things that we can align with. I can recognize pace in people's behavior. I can recognize if they're focusing on people or if they're focusing on logic. Are they using feeling words? Are they using thinking words? Are they moving quickly and talking with their hands? Are they more thoughtful and take a moment before responding to questions. I think it gives us a tool that is easily used uh, is, is probably the biggest reason why those two. And it has the biggest impact on work because understanding someone's pace and understanding where they're focusing, uh, whether that be logic or feeling and, and in relationship to how you look at that, uh, I think is a big part of, of communication. It's a big part of working together. It's a big part of projects, et cetera. I, I Such a source of misunderstanding. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. So before we do a deeper dive and talk about Agile EQ, you touched on something else. And that was the, the validity of this instrument mm -hmm. and why mm -hmm. you chose it for that reason. And that's also a reason that I use it. And there are a lot of people, we both get this question um, many times. There are a lot of people who've taken a disc before and they say, they ask us, will my disc change over time? Um, if I take it with you, I took it five years ago, will I have a different disc style? And I want you to answer that, but I also want you to answer it in the context of the validity of everything disc because sure. 
we both know that not every disc is the same. No, no, because Marston didn't copyright anything, there are a lot of discs out there. And so the one we're referencing is, is called Everything Disc. That's the brand name that Wiley has for their disc. But there's, there's several others out there. And they're measuring slightly different things in slightly different ways. And so you may be, say, I'm an ID on Everything Disc, but I take somebody else's and I'm more of an IS. And it just depends on how they're measuring. When you look at the validity of an assessment, you know, you're looking at it's test retest reliability is one of the things that gets looked at. And that's kind of the big thing. And that's the one you're really referencing when you're talking about validity is that test retest. Well, in assessments, test retest is, is you know, if, if, if the assessment scored a 1.0, it would mean that, that every single time every person took it, it, they scored exactly the same. Highly unrealistic. Uh, but that's the that's the scale, right? Anything above a 0.7 is actually considered valid and reliable as an assessment. When you look at everything disk, it's 0.86. So 9.0 is considered excellent and and like beyond. I don't know that there are any that that score that high uh, when you look at at the quadrant theory um, measurements and the disk measurements, but. 0.86 is a really, really high test retest reliability. Now, that being said, can your dot wiggle around in an area? Sure it can. You know, you change the answer from a five to a four on a on a question, it might, it might wiggle that that dot. You know, I am I have taken this assessment literally 30 times in the last 10 years, probably more than that. And each time I come out a high ID, sometimes a little closer to I, sometimes a little closer to D, but I'm always a very high ID, right? It's a very reliable assessment um, because of that, because every time I test, I'm coming out in the same area. If somebody comes out in a different spot, if it's just a little wiggle, that's within norms. If it's coming... If they're coming out in a completely opposite way, you know, I, I wonder their first test, how accurate it was, because, you know, you look at the evolution of, of assessments and especially with everything DISC, it's, it got a lot better when they added in adaptive testing. It got far more accurate. When was that? Uh, 2012. And, you know, if people are, are moving around a lot, um, you know, I would think that that it had more to do with trying to be somebody they're not, um, you know, which is why DISC is not the least bit valid for hiring at all. One, it doesn't measure anything that helps you hire somebody because it doesn't measure talent and it doesn't measure capability. But two, you know, when you're in the hiring process and you're taking these assessments ahead of hiring, you're trying to be who it is that they want you to be. And you're going to curb things that you think might be seen as negative. And we all know that it doesn't matter what your style is, you are bringing strengths to a team because of that style, right? You're also bringing challenges to a team because of that style, but it's pretty equal for all, all four styles. Um, so it doesn't matter where your dot lands, you, that's what you're bringing to the team. But as far as validity goes, uh, it's one of the best in the market. Right. Okay, then let's turn our attention to Agile EQ. So we have, we have 
everything disk workplace, which is your basic disk. Mm -hmm. And then we have many, many products that in addition to understanding your disk style, you have an assessment for say, management skills, sales skills. We have leadership assessments and we also have emotional intelligence. And one of the things that I love about reviewing personality assessments when I, when I, any kind of personality assessment I use with clients, I always love to say in the beginning is that there are no good or bad styles. There are no right or wrong scores. Uh, being a, an ID or a DI is no better than being a, a, an SC. Um, and that this personality instrument is not a measure of emotional intelligence, which is a measure of how well you know who you are. Um, that is how you understand your emotions, specifically with emotional intelligence, and how those drive your behavior, and how well you pick up on other people's emotions or their needs, and how you respond appropriately. And so emotional intelligence is something you grow and build. So you can say, you can say that someone can have low emotional intelligence and need to get better at it, or they can have really high emotional intelligence and be quite competent in that. Um, and still but, can get better at it. And still can get better at it, uh, clearly. <laughs> so there are assessments that, that we provide that say, yeah, you could do better at this and you're really good at it and you can do better at this. Um, and the Agile EQ assessment is one of those. So brilliantly, uh, the folks at Wiley combined the DISC assessment with an emotional intelligence assessment and created Agile EQ. So can you tell us about that? Sure. Maybe so, talk about application that you Yeah, you when, have. when, when, and I say we, cause I, I got to be involved in, in some of this development in beta testing, uh, the, the, uh, the assessment and the report and the, the facilitators guides and all that. And so really the idea was to, when we talk about workplace, we're really talking about a one-on-one -on -one relationship with each other. And you're really, it's about the other person. When you, when you apply Agile EQ to that, you're taking that, that, that disc relationship and it, adding in the context in which you are relating about, right? You're adding in context. And so not only am I dealing with you, I'm an ID, you're a D, you know, and, and we can deal with that. It's the context of our conversation. If we're if we're talking about, you know, a project we're working on together, if we're talking about an idea for your next book, if we're talking about, you know, whatever that is, that context has impact. If if we are debating an idea, if we are, you know, however we are interacting, that context of that has to get applied. Because what you're looking for is you're looking to take and make your very best response. What is my best response in this context, knowing us, right? So, so it adds in that extra layer. And when, when you look at, at um, you know, emotional intelligence, it really is about how well do I read myself? How well do I read others? How do I know my impact on others? And that's exactly what it, it talks about. When we talk about getting better, we call it stretching, right? And so in Agile EQ, we have eight mindsets associated with your discs. And some of those mindsets come really, really easy. 
you know, for me to be, you know, um, self-assured is not a stretch. It comes very natural to me. It's a big part of my personality. But for me to be uh, reflective or for me to be receptive, uh, that's a stretch for me. I have to be intentional. I have to make an effort to get better at that and understanding when are times I need to bring that, you know, when are times when I need to be receptive to ideas versus being uh, self-assured about my ideas. Let's play with that a little bit, Carol, because I mean, we've got some similarities, but we've got some differences. Mm -hmm. So let's say we were in, a, you know, needing to plan something we've facilitated together. We've worked on projects together. What would be something that was a strength of yours that wasn't a strength of mine or vice versa uh, in terms of those mindsets that we would have to work on in the context of, let's say we were going to go facilitate together. Um, what would be something that, that I would need to work on and, and you would need to work on? So probably I would say if I remember correctly, because we've done we've done comparisons on on Catalyst before you and I, and if I remember, our our most distant dots on on a continua are between uh, um, accepting and skeptical, right? Where I just kind of take things as face value and and run, and everything's going to be fine, and let's just go. You're you're going to be far more careful from the standpoint of if this goes wrong or if something isn't, we have to have a contingency. We have to have a means of backing that up. You are you know, very flexible in that, uh, but that stretch between the two of us is one of those things. So when it comes time- Oh yeah, you're gonna say, we'll just wing it. And I'm gonna say, no, we're gonna sit down and plan and figure out what we need to do. Yeah. Exactly. And and because of that, there are times when, when you know, it may be one of those situations where I I think we can fly by the seat of our pants and and make it work. And you're gonna want we're gonna need some slides for this. We're gonna need a da 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 da. And so those kinds of things for me to 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 stretch to like seeing your perspective, I have to be open to the idea that yes, we need to be prepared for this. And and in that's preparing, the, that's the emotional intelligence piece on your part. On my part. Yes. Yeah, because I also know that if we go into this and we are not on the same page and we are not moving in the same direction and we're not both in a level of comfort, we're going to struggle as facilitators together, right? And and so this is one of those, find that medium where, yeah, we can flex if we need to based on, and we've done this, Andrea, a thousand times where yeah. we've We've said, you know what, we're going to pivot a little here. And it wasn't what was planned, but it works. And we're both on the same page. But having what was planned ready to go it was important for both of us. One, just because I like to fly by the seat of my pants doesn't mean that's always the best idea. <laughs> you know? So that would be if if tell me if I'm right. So that would be for you, the re, the receptive mindset to be open to needing the backup slides and having the backup plan. And in your EQ assessment, I don't know where you are in the meter, but for those of those people listening and watching us, you're in the red. Okay, so when you do this assessment, you get a little graphic meter and you have a, you have a meter and it starts at green and it goes to orange and yellow and then back all the way to red. And you get, or I guess it's yellow, orange, red. 
and you get a pointer as to where you are on that. And that just indicates how hard you have to work to, to overcome that. And so you say you're in the red on receptive and clearly you can do it, but you have to work Mm -hmm. really hard at it. I have to be intentional and I have to be aware that this is the moment that I need to be receptive. Yes. Right. You have to be aware of my needs. Receptive. Right. There are moments I need to be receptive. And in those moments, I need to recognize that moment and make that stretch. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that we're going to we're going to have to talk about two threes because it's such a significant uh, yes. thing. And and this is this is perfect. Right. This is so attached to two threes. And, and you know, I was so grateful when you use this assessment in that. And it just it fits in so beautifully. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about. I, I was going to, um, you know, self-admit that I also have a role in this and I have a I have a meter and I have to also stretch and be open to being flexible and, and, and that type of thing. So I want to, I want to acknowledge that before, before we go into it. Um, I was, I was thinking about the composed mindset where I have to work on my composed mindset. So when, when you get up there and start to do something that I don't know what you're about to do, I have to watch my face from, you know, going crazy and like, what's going on here? I have to be, I have to be composed and just say, well, you know, I've known Carol for 20 years or whatever. We've known each other. How has it been 20 years? Yeah, it's been, it's been 20 something years. like that. And, and just say she, she's always brilliant and, and she's going to do something and it's going to be great and, and not freak out. So, so yeah, let's talk about two threes. So um, we have just uh, created a program, a group coaching, team coaching program based on um, my relatively new book released in March, um, What Leaders Need Now. And it's a five session, two hour per session uh, team coaching program where we go through each of each of the three leadership qualities um, and leadership practices in a coaching format as a group. And what we did is we brought the the Agile EQ assessment in as the into the first session and allowed the participants to set intentions for the program based on that assessment. And it has been it 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 has worked brilliantly for our pilot group. And we're in session four of our pilot group, and um, we just happened to have a session this morning, and they're just doing some remarkable work with that. Um, and it's and it's not only is it, it is it working well as as an intention setting process because our three practices, our three leadership practices, are um, of course in line with being being self aware and developing yourself. It also aligns with the practice of compassion and empathy that we talk about in the book. So, yes, mm-hmm. it's working beautifully. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on sure. that. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I've done this work for me too, Andrea, because I, I, you know, I, I don't walk away without learning things from you, and 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 I take, I take what it is that you share, and I put it to use for me. You know, uh, you're a big mentor of mine, and that's really important to me. And, you know, when I read the book uh, and you talked about, you know, uh, compassion, courage and, and humility, 
Um, you know, I giggle at myself because I consider humility just really hard for me. Um, not that I'm arrogant necessarily, but part of that being self-assured and, you know, I lose that I'm always right. You know, uh, I, I, I feel that way a lot. And so having to, to really work with, with humility. And one of the things that you said in there, uh, in your book was about, uh, confident humility and relaxed humility. And that really, that really impacted me a great deal. And then when you look at, at my Agile EQ and, you know, even back to receptive being one of the ones in the red for me, so is composed by the way, uh, and objective, uh, I'm a very emotional and, 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 uh, energetic person is, you know, realizing what I, what I gain if I can do that. And, and if I can be confident and humble at the same time, and, and that is really just that mindset and, and thinking about it that way has really helped me in reflecting on experiences where I have been receptive and it has been successful. And it was really good timing for me to be receptive and open to somebody else's idea. And we ended up with something even better that created more success and, and grew my confidence amazingly, you know? Yeah. And, and there's also been times when I know that I need to bring my best and what I know in my experience and my capability to my team in that moment. And in a sense, that is humility too, because I am offering to my team everything I have. And, and just being able to pull those together, you know, and, and acknowledge where my strengths are, acknowledge where my challenges are, you know, get to know those well, reflect on my experiences with those and work to develop, to get better at it, make it easier for me to recognize those moments when I need to be composed, when I need to be reflective or uh, receptive. And, and finding those and practicing that over and over and over again. And so you know, this is just how this works. I, I, I absolutely love how you have put this together. I really do. And I just want to say on confident humility, that's a, it, that's a key part of, um, th that's from Adam Grant's uh, mm -hmm. book, Think yeah. Again. And he defines it as the ability to know, the confidence to know that, you don't necessarily have the answer, but the confidence to know you will find the answer. And I love that because it's the mm -hmm. people who think they have all the answers that's, that's, that are not humble. Yeah. But confidence is knowing that you can find the answer. I know I'll get there. I have the confidence that I'm going to get be successful. I don't know how I'm going to be successful, but I know I'm going to be successful. And, and I love that because we often think of confident of humility as being on this continuum with, with arrogance being on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they're not, they're not two ends of a spectrum. No, I, yeah, I drawing that link between humility and confidence was just very earth shattering for me. I mean, it, it just really it really put it in the right place in my brain that I can, I can work with this and I can, I can grow because of that connection. Um, I, I just think that it's, it's really quite a, quite remarkable. Thank you. Yeah. So this has been a really great conversation about um, starting with the basics of, you know, why DISC 
And then I wanted to do a deeper dive into Agile EQ and, and the application in particular to this two threes program. Is there anything else that you'd like to share from your experience with the Everything Disc products? Uh, you have such a wealth of experience with them. Um, would you like to share anything else uh, that might be helpful for the listeners? Yeah, I, you know, I have been I have been with Wiley for and partnering in this product for oh wow, we are coming up on twenty years next year. It'll be twenty years for me, and uh, and watching it evolve and grow, and the best thing that has come out really of late has been this Catalyst platform and this opportunity to really have this information at your fingertips and be able to integrate it into culture and to be able to connect it to my day-to-day -day work, right? Every single day, I can look at something. You know, before popping on here, I went and revisited our comparison, Andrea, uh, between me and you. And it was like, oh yeah, here we go, you know? And, you know, even though I know you so well, it still reminds me of little things to remember. Yes. yes. Right? And and I think it's 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 an important uh, tool that way. And the Catalyst platform allows for people to have immediate access to not only their data, but they can compare themselves to their their teammates or their followers as a leader, you know, and be able then to. It's just so relationship focused, you know. And easy, user friendly, easy access, bullets, yeah. points, clear information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and that's, you know, it's effectiveness. I have I have several clients, one in particular, that this is this is the foundation of their culture. They built their company's culture around everything disc and catalyst just took it to a whole new level. When, you know, to the point where if they start to have a little issue with somebody, their first reaction is, I gotta go check them on catalyst. Why am I having, why are we not clicking right now? Let me go check on catalyst. You know, or even, I mean, one of the things I do, you know, when I find myself struggling with just me is I go listen to my podcast on Catalyst uh, about my style. And and Dr. Scullard, who is our psychologist at Wiley, he'll say something. I'll be like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's what I'm struggling with right now. OK, all right. Now I now I can put some things in place and I, and I won't be struggling anymore. And, and just the value of that tool individually and in relationship um, in helping people understand each other, um, build higher trust, vulnerability-based trust, and better communicate and work well together and get to those results that are so, so challenging uh, to get to. Um, you know, we're, we're lean in organizations now, so our relationships mean everything. And this is, sure. this is just a great tool for that. This is this reminds me of something we said in the very beginning. I think you called it simple without being simplistic. Mm -hmm. This is what we don't get from these other personality instruments. And I, I say that with, again, I use other ones and I think they're valuable and they're good. We don't get, we as coaches learn them really well and we understand them. The average leader or our individual who takes an assessment are not going to understand them that well. This one is one you can pop on catalyst and get it mm -hmm. and have those kinds of experiences with it and really have a profound, like listening to the podcast and get your head 
you know, straight for a, for a, for a bit where it was, you know, going off, off in another direction. And you can't do that with these other ones. You need, you need to call the coach and go through, go through a session. And, and this is what disc provides. Mm -hmm. And, and yet it is that in depth that will give you that kind of, of solution with your teammates without calling your coach and having, having the help of a facilitator. Yeah. And even, you know, we talk about, you know, being authentic at work and, and those kinds of things and being your whole self. And I had a, a client ask me, uh, he says, Hey, um, my wife and I are about to completely remodel the house. Can we do a disc with her so that I kind of know how to, run, how to run this project? And I'm like, yeah, sure. We can do that. So we yeah. did this disc and I sat down with them and they did, you know, they did their comparison and, and then they just kind of ran with it. And it, they said it went so much smoother, this remodel, because they understood <laughs> what, what everybody, what they were saying behind it. You know, I, it's not the end all, be all of the marriage by any stretch of imagination. But when you, if you're going to remodel, <laughs> maybe it's yeah, a valuable that's tool. Really good. That's really good. Well, Carol, this has been fun. It's been enlightening. I think it will be helpful for others who are listening uh, to this. And I really thank you for taking the time to be with us here today. Uh, thanks for having me, Andrea. I enjoy every conversation we have. This has been another episode of What Leaders Need Now. You can join us uh, for additional sessions at whatleadersneednow.com. You can find out more about these assessments at morningstarventures.com or email me at andrea at morningstarventures.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on YouTube by hitting the subscribe button below. You can find more podcasts, articles, and programs at whatleadersneednow.com to help you in your leadership journey. Have an incredible day.